0: guys welcome to chef grace's place today is actually going to be the season finale because i have to go uh fly around and make more money (laughs) until after the holidays um and we have a very special guest uh jasmine moreno from city green
1: hi hello everybody how are we doing today
0: so i found city green on my instagram and um It is like an urban farming organization. And I was very surprised that it was in the part of New Jersey that I come from. (laughs) So I was like, I have to learn more about this organization.
1: Um, So Jasmine, why don't you tell us a little bit more about City Green? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, So we are an urban farming organization. Um, We've been around for which is like 16 years now, um, working in North Jersey. So we kind of started our work in Patterson um, and grew from there throughout uh, Passaic County, um, Burden County, um, parts of Morris County and Essex County, um, where we we have programming that runs from preschool all the way through senior citizens. So what we try to do is make sure that um, our neighbors, our community that we're in um, all know about where our food comes from, um, how to get uh, fresh, healthy food, uh, what to do with that fresh, healthy food, and then reestablishing connections to nature. So um, we are an urban farming and gardening organization, um, working with community partners um, in order to start school gardens and run after school garden programs, and run community gardens. And we even have our own farm here in Clifton and another one in Morris County and not all of New Jersey, uh, where we grow food um, and then distribute it through retail outlets like City Greens Veggie Mobile, for example. Um, or we work with partners um, like food pantries um, to do food distribution as well.
0: And I also think I saw something on your Instagram where you could use like a uh, WIC or food stamps to buy. Oh, yeah.
1: That is, um, you know, that is one of the, the projects um, that we are most proud of um, because it really... Um, creates this benefit for shoppers and farmers, um, you know, right where it counts. Um, And what that means, it's called the Nutrition Incentive Program. You actually find them um, in farmer's markets all over the country. Um, And here in New Jersey, City Green um, operates, you know, the Nutrition Incentive Program um, with partner farmer's markets as well as our own farmer's markets. Um, So basically what happens when you come shopping um, at a farmer's market that offers Nutrition Incentive Program, you use your snap card in every state. They're kind of different, but in New Jersey, they're called families first. So I go to the city green farm stand and I spend $10 on my family's first card. And then I get 10 good food bucks, um, so that I can keep shopping and essentially double my dollar. Um, so that works for the snap customer, right? So they're spending $10 and getting $20 worth of locally grown fresh produce. Um, and then at, for example, our participating farmer's markets, at the end of the day, these like good food bucks, um, the farmers take them, right? And so now if I'm like Farmer Jasmine um, at the West Windsor farmer's market, at the end of the day, I have 50 good food bucks. Um, so that means that a SNAP customers um, spent 50 more dollars, got 50 more dollars um, of fresh produce, but then, you know, Farmer Jasmine gets to redeem them to the farmer's market and I actually get $50 in cash in exchange for those good food bucks. So um, snack customers are getting more food and farmers are getting uh, increased incomes through this program.
0: That's amazing because uh, as someone who, you know, during the pandemic, I had to use unemployment and I had to use food stamps and um, I didn't know until pretty much my, that was going to run out that uh, it was worth double, but um one of the things I think that's also very important about this program is it shows you what to do with the fresh produce. Because, you know, during the pandemic, I saw people, uh, you know, one of the best examples was my neighbor got a uh, giant case of uh, yellow summer squash, but didn't know what to do with it. And she was going to throw it out because she just didn't know how to cook it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the education part of oh, this is what you do, (laughs) and the road is really important. Um, So how did it get started in Patterson?
1: Um, Well, actually, our uh, current executive director, Jennifer Papa, um, is the founder of the organization. Um, And, you know, she's, um, her family's from this area, um, and she, um, worked with community members. Her first garden um, that she she helped start was called the Women of Faith Community Garden in Patterson, um, and it was with a Bible study group. And they really had um, gardening knowledge and skills, but what they needed was access to land and water um, and healthy soil to bring in. Um, and so that's where um, you know Jennifer and like the beginning of City Green was helping um, groups like that find the resources, connect them to resources that they need in order to start their gardens. Um, But quickly thereafter, it became very evident the people who were calling us, the people who were asking for our programming were youth serving organizations, libraries, YMCA, Boys and Girls Club, um, schools. And so, um, you know, even though we started as a community gardening organization, um, we quickly realized that um, that the demand was in uh, programs for children, and so that's how we developed um, our super extensive um, offering of services for youth-serving organizations and schools, preschools, elementary schools, high school students—you um, name it. So we have a we have a you know a program or an opportunity for youth for all ages. So just
0: a little bit of background for our viewers: um, Patterson, New Jersey. <laughs> is uh I actually I used to work at Eva's village. I used to teach uh pastry there for a little bit. Oh okay. Um and it is not you know it is it's a dangerous neighborhood for the most part. It used to be um I guess they used to have like a silk factory a long time ago. They used to there's not a lot of industry. There's there's, Right. right. There's um, Willie Pease, Patterson.
1: Um, um, but it's like a lot of cities. I would say on the East Coast that used to be manufacturing centers, um, and then after kind of manufacturing um, disappeared, right? It left a, a, a void in the city's um, economy and the vibrancy. Um, and so, uh, Patterson, like many cities, um, you know, the size has not been able to recover. Um, But what I do find um, that Patterson has um, is like vibrancy and people, Um, you know, when you go downtown Patterson, you don't feel like um, it's a city necessarily like in need because the people are so energetic. You know, Main Street has shops everywhere. Um, People are are shopping. Um, People are going to restaurants all over in Patterson. Um, So uh, I really appreciate that you have this like you know it's always simmering um there's always something to do something to see um, whether it's the great falls or the river um but yes uh patterson you know does uh could really really benefit from like an influx of um you know a large corporation or um you know a, a big uh we'd call like an institution you know uh, an employment institution um that would be able to provide employment um and influx some uh some private funding into the city
0: well one of the things Kind of why I bring it up because it's so urban and stuff. So, how, like, you know, obviously there's a lot of pollution in urban cities. So, how do you, uh, how does urban farming um, benefit that, you know, making it less polluted? And also, um, do you use just raised beds or do you actually garden in the ground? Uh,
1: We garden in raised beds. Um, So, if we're just talking about Patterson specifically. Um, yes, we do all of our gardening, um, in raised beds, except for at the, um, city greens learning garden, which is an East side park. Um, and there we've done soil testing and it's in a park. It was never, um, like a residence or, um, an industrial site over there. Um, so it's always been a park. So, um, but that soil has been tested. Um, but yes, um, about the pollution. So, you know, that's a that's an issue that a lot of the middle schoolers and high schoolers that we talk to um always bring up. And it's about the you know the pollution and pollution, pollution. And like you said, it's a very, it's a densely populated city. Um New Jersey um for out of state listeners is the most densely populated state. Um, you know, we have more people per square mile than anybody else, and Patterson's, you know, a city, a densely populated city and a densely populated state. So more people equals more stuff. Um, all over the place. Um, so, you know, what we imagine our role is like helping students and young adults um, have those conversations. We, uh, we also participate in city-led cleanup events um, you know, clean, like pollution pickup is not, um, you know, is not necessarily within our mission, uh, but we, what we do to, to promote and protect green spaces, right? So for example, um, on the side of the Boys and Girls Club in Patterson on 21st Avenue, um, if you know it, we have like a little um, after school garden, it's called the City Sprouts Garden there, um, where, where we work with, ch- with children. And that's the place where we would be teaching kids on in a one-on-one basis, you know, what the value of green spaces, Keeping it maintained, keeping it clean, um, and then uh, even more so, one step further, by making it beautiful. Um, And we really believe in one of our philosophies here at City Green is the transformative power of beauty. Um, And if you walk by something and you see a beautiful garden and you see beautiful flowers, um, you know, we think that's like a pollution deterrent, right? Um, You know, if everybody uh, is all they're seeing is. is like pollution, then it breeds more, you know, it breeds more and it invites it and it makes it think like it's okay. So what we do with our spaces um, is really try to create special um, and beautiful places where people feel pride in their communities, where they feel like they can take part um, in maintaining their communities um, and using the garden space, um, you know, for children and for adults um, to be able to access food and uh, like I said, reconnect with nature and, um, you know, Take, uh, maybe like find a carrot, right? Like pull a carrot out of the ground, simple things like that. Um, it's one of the most exciting things to see children pull carrots or radishes out of the ground. Um, that's really what's uh, building that relationship with the natural world.
0: So that's so cool. But also, uh, it's also interesting. I was just learning about uh, sunflowers and how they help uh, take like radiation out of the soil. Um, is there any other, do you do any like plants like growing like that for the pollution or no?
1: No. Um, well, we, what we actually do, um, is something a little bit different that's called regenerative agriculture. So that has to do with our farming practices. Um, and basically what that means is that we are, um, using farming practices or improving the soil health, like in our fields. Um, so we're uh using plants, we're using methods um like low tractor use and the way that we um use our irrigation um all together help actually to leave this uh this place better than we found it.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh so how
1: did you get involved in City Green? Um that's a great question. Um I have been here for 10 years now. Um And I, so, uh, you know, this was a change of career for myself. Um, I was not like a nonprofit. I had not been raised in a nonprofit world. I was actually meeting tables and working at doctor's offices and doing a wide variety of things. And I knew um, in my heart that I, that, that, well, two things happened. I knew that I wanted to work um, in a community gardening or food access organization. And at the same time that I was realizing, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to do, quote unquote, um, the food town that was in Patterson closed. Uh, and that impacted me very personally. Um, that's where my grandmother shopped. That's where my aunt used to get all her groceries. Um, so, um, you know, I, I had, you know, at the same time that I had started thinking about food access as a, um, as a justice issue and as a political issue that uh, requires solutions, um, I also was witnessing, um, you know, the, the, uh, access of fresh food and affordable, healthy produce options, um, you know, in, in my own neighborhood and where my family lives, um, being taken away. Um, so just like little light bulbs started going off in my head. And I actually saw about city green and the woman of faith to me garden um, in a newspaper. I read about them. Um, and I went to the website and I, I just sent an email over. Um, and it took like six months later, but I got a reply. Um, and Jen called me in for an interview and, the, and then, and that was it. And I started off as an intern. I started here uh, part-time two days a week and I slowly, was able to come on more hours and uh, be promoted through the organization, um, and you know I've had the f- I've had the fortune to be able to work in almost every program that the organization offers, um, you know which is really nice because we've grown so much. We have such a big staff now um, that we have all of our little departments. Um, but back in the old days, it was you know a handful of us uh, just like packing our cars up with. Um, with buckets and trowels and soil and gardening, you know, with, with kids and in, in, uh, in different community gardens and helping farm and harvest and run markets um, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So when
0: your grant, when the food town closed, did that create um,
1: like a food desert? Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That was the last market left in town. Um, it absolutely created a food desert or, you know, expanded the impacts of the food desert because now there were small supermarkets left and even smaller corner stores. Um, but you know, you're from this area. So Pathmark is like the, was right. The it was, big, yeah. was like the big supermarket that, um, you know, you would go to for all of your food and they took coupons and they actually remember it, it was showing my age used to double coupons back in the old days. And, um, yeah, and that's where, you know, everybody basically went shopping. That was the big supermarket of the city.
0: What? Yeah. I, w- I was shocked when Pathmark closed, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And even in, you know, neighborhoods that you wouldn't consider, like, you know, your your prototypical food desert, or I would say, like, you know, uh, uh, like, low access to fresh food, Um Um, you know, path marks were closing at that time all over the place and kind of leaving pockets of um, large swaths of people um, without uh, access to supermarkets.
0: Yeah, and I was, it was also, um, it was a very big employer too. Mm -hmm. It was a very big employer. Yeah. Yeah. Problem. Um, so, yeah, the food deserts from them closing. So then, City Green kind of comes in with the government programs and stuff. So the food that the kids grow in the the gardens and schools and stuff that is the is also being sold, or is it just the
1: stuff from the farm? It's just the stuff from the farm. So um, our farms are for production purposes. The the, the after school gardens, for example, um, at the Boys and Girls Club or at the library. Those are called City Sprouts Gardens, and those are teaching kids um, how to garden, how to water, how to harvest, um, and learning about um, about their food, and then also um, doing recipes with them. Um, And then at the schools, uh, we really give a lot of that control over to the teachers and the principals, and they actually use um, school gardens however they want to. So we like to think of uh, a school garden like an outdoor classroom, right? And you remember um, being in elementary school, how exciting it is when your teacher said we're going to go outside um, and do this lesson. So the school garden gives um, teachers and schools the opportunity to have this like outside space um, for for elementary school students to learn all different sorts of lessons. And the teachers get to apply language arts or math or reading um, or uh, social studies or art. Um, in their own school gardens.
0: That's so cool. I remember when I was a kid, I got to go.
1: Um, I
0: grew I went to kindergarten in Bayonne, New Jersey, uh-huh. which is a very urban area. Yeah. And um, sorry, very is blowing. <laughs> all right. Today, I have all this. <laughs> um, but I got to go uh, out to a farm and uh, we got to pick our own vegetables and then we came back and we made soup. So I right. think that is definitely one of the, uh, the things that got me into cooking.
1: Right, You're, and you remember it. Um, yeah. And you know, we think that uh, a lot of kids are falling in love with experiences like that and going home and saying like, mom, I want bell peppers or I want carrots because um, I tasted it on my field trip or I tasted it at City Green.
0: Yeah. And, uh, how is it impacting the parents?
1: Um, we like to think, uh, that, you know, the children are coming home and it's, uh, you know, the impact is going up. Um, but we do know, um, you know, separately from the, the kids programs, um, that, uh, our markets, uh, grow every year, that the amount of SNAP customers that we're serving grows every year, that the amount of WIC customers that are being served pros every year. So, um, we do know that there's a lot of parents out there who, um, you know, uh, as a parent myself, I, I know that like everybody wants to give their, their kids, uh, the highest quality, freshest food that they can find. Um, so we see our role, um, as uh, making it available and making it affordable for parents to be able to do that. Are there, um,
0: programs for adults for uh, like how to cook the food and stuff like that
1: um those kind of ended with the pandemic yeah um, <laughs> uh, there were you know we've tried to move a lot of that onto social media um and um you know making sure that our customer base still knows what to do even when we do um you know it's a big also part of our customer service right so when customers are shopping with us Um, we like to exchange ideas with them. We ask them what they're planning on cooking. If they have a question about, um, the food, we like to be able to answer it. And those are kind of the little things, um, that you get with shopping at a farmer's market. You know, any, any local farmer's market, you get to talk to your farmer. You get to talk to the staff at the table, um, and ask really good questions and get really good information about, uh, the food that you're going to cook.
0: Can, as an adult would, uh.
1: Do you have like a program where
0: you have adult volunteers that come help out on the farm?
1: Yeah, we do. Uh, we have, it's called our Wednesday volunteer program. Um, and every Wednesday it's that ne- next week is the last week. Um, Cause you know, the weather's turning here in New Jersey. Um, maybe, maybe not today. Um, but uh, yeah, we have a Wednesday volunteer program. And in the morning uh, you can come here during the, the season and help um, in our gardens. You do planting and weeding and um, maintaining uh, the, the native gardens here that we have in our farm eco center. And then in, on Wednesday evenings, it's the farm. Um, so you work with the farm team um, in order to plant, harvest, weed, um, tend to crops um, and do whatever farm tasks need to, uh, need to happen over here. So um, we offer it uh, from April through October. So if there's anybody local listening and you want to be a city green volunteer, go to our website um, and you can sign up and find out all about our opportunities or, you know, follow us on social media.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely put all the links in the description of the video or the audio if you're listening on Spotify. Um, So it was great to interview you. Is there anything I didn't ask about city green that people absolutely need to know?
1: Um, no, but, um, I was wanted to know, have you, have you been here?
0: No, I didn't. That's the thing. Like, I didn't even know it was a thing. Like, I'll have to
1: set set something up maybe for next, um, next year, you know, when we kind of open back up to the public and, you know, we can show your viewers around, um, and let them know what we're doing over here.
0: Yeah, I definitely, so A little housekeeping for the viewers too. (laughs) Um, So, as some of most of my viewers know, um, I went back to flying. So before I was before the pandemic, I was working as an international flight attendant. Um, And before that, that's when I was doing all my chef stuff. Um, But it's a different airline. It's a little when whenever you started an airline pay isn't great so uh i'm gonna have to work pretty much all my days off between now and uh you know new year's or whatever (laughs) uh so that's why uh this is the season finale (laughs) okay i'm gonna be doing a uh a short series called hashtag ask chef grace um so i can kind of you know keep it going but also um in the meantime Part of the thing that I'm going to save up for is more equipment. Um, so I can go to places like City Green and have these conversations in person and uh, be able to film them. So uh, I have to get another uh, microphone and um, I, I have to do more research on the camera stuff because I'm a chef. I'm not a <laughs> videographer. I have no
1: idea about any of this.
0: So. Yeah. So uh, I'm definitely I'm learning on the fly. Um, so if anyone out there has, uh, any suggestions, let me know. You can also go, I'll put links in the description. If you want to, you know, support Chef Grace's place financially, (laughs) (laughs) um, for Patreon and, uh, there's also going to be a Venmo link, but the best thing that anyone can do is share it because, um, Smash the I, subscribe button. Smash, yeah, I got the I got the subscribe <laughs> subscriber count. Chef but I need Grace, our to, friends. Support support Chef Grace. Exactly. I need those watch hours. Um so yeah, if I if I can get monetized, then I can okay. I have a
1: question for you. Um, like what do you eat because you're so busy flying and in and out all the time? Do you ever get the chance to sit down for a home cooked meal? So right now.
0: I gotta say that uh like my skin is breaking out terribly because since I started flying again, there like all the food on the plane is so highly processed and uh the way that's scheduled, you get in the place, you know, I mean like when everything's closed and then you have only you have like 10 hours of rest. So you sleep most of it and then you, you don't eat. So I started meal prepping this last trip, but it's difficult because um, I, you know, I, uh, when it comes to like the plane itself, I definitely downgraded. I went from a Boeing 787, which has like, it's huge. It's got 344 passengers. It's got ovens. It's got chillers. (laughs) It's got bunk beds in the top of the cabin to these uh, tinier A320s, which are like smaller, but they only have a coffee pot. They don't have any refrigeration um, or ovens. And the refrigeration is a big deal because if you're working a 14 hour day and then your food, even with an ice pack in there, you know, it's gonna be in a temperature danger zone. So for the first like two days or whatever, usually you're okay. But by the fourth day, like, you don't want to eat that chicken salad you right, right, right. on. The <laughs> <first day. laughs> so um, that's gonna take some figuring out but I think you know by the time I figure it out I'll have some really good content about meal prepping at least.
1: right here you go. yeah so Drink lemonade. All right. well um, thank you again uh, for reaching out to us to set this up. this was a lot of fun.
0: Yep and uh, hopefully I will see you in New Jersey soon.
1: Absolutely take care
0: right bye, bye.